0: Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast, and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. <laughs> And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you back in Flowood with Caleb. And today we're going to talk about and answer a couple of uh, listener questions. Uh, a couple people people asked uh, for some advice on tips on how to work out when they're traveling. You know, a lot of people travel a lot for work or on the road a lot and want to know how best way to continue to make progress toward their health and fitness goals. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about ways to work out, um, on your own for an extended period of time. You know, some people have moved and have a garage gym set up, kind of doing stuff on their own, doing at home workouts for an extended period of time, that type of thing. And, uh, how to best continue to make progress towards those goals while they are, uh, you know, on their own for a while and, uh, not, not able to get into the, uh, into the group setting and the class setting and, all that fun stuff so we're going to talk about a couple couple of fun things today and hopefully you guys can uh, take it and uh, apply it to uh, wherever you are in your health and fitness journey because um, you know we'll all probably have certain seasons of life where we are in that boat and we're super busy or we all are going to travel from time to time so um, great way to, to determine how to continue to make progress towards your goals even though you're traveling.
1: Shout out to listener Reed Stevens for this uh, this workout topic or the the podcast topic. Um, about his specific workouts right now uh, as he's just moved and taking a new job out of town. Um, this has been, I think, something we all really pretty recently remember as a group, everyone working out at home just two years ago, three years ago, uh, when we the gym was closed for COVID. Um, that was something where that was the first time in probably seven years, six or seven years, where I was not able to work out in a gym. And so this, this is some personal experience. I think everybody will be able to relate to this in some way, but at the end of the day, everyone travels and for our community and for those who do take their fitness as a priority when they are in town or when they're in their, their normal routine, when you get out of that routine, you realize just how much fitness improves your quality of life day to day. And so you want to keep that going. You want to gain the mental edge, the mental sharpness that you feel after a workout or the way your body rests at night after having done physical work during the day. And so I think everybody wants to make the most of their, even what we've talked about with vacation, oftentimes we find ourselves working out on vacation because it helps us enjoy the rest of the day because our body feels better after having exercised. So for those traveling, for those at home, we know the goal of this is just to help people feel good, for your mind to feel good, for you to experience all those benefits that you feel uh, when you were at the gym. And we want to try to help you uh, have a better chance to experience that when you're away from the gym.
0: I think the first uh, thought that I have in regards to this question is um, going into it with a uh, set of expectations um, not setting uh, your expectations too high for the period of time you're in, but also having expectations that you're going to do the best you can to maintain, uh, the progress that you've made while you're traveling. And we can talk about traveling first. And this is kind of how I think about it is if it's going to be, you know, I kind of think about how long am I going to be gone? And if it's an extended period of time, I'm definitely going to want to make sure I'm getting my workouts in while I'm there. Because I know if I take multiple weeks off or a week off, I'm going to, you know, not feel very good and I'm going to come back and have lost a lot of progress that I've made. And so I want to have a plan to at least do something while I'm gone and having the, you know, give myself permission to not kill myself in the gym while I'm on vacation or on travel or on a work trip or or whatever and not expect to spend an hour plus at the gym, but at the same time not expect to to not to do anything because I want to be able to you know, do something that's going to help me feel better um, while I'm on the trip. And uh, I know after a few days of not working out, I start to feel irritable and that type of thing. And so I want to continue to work out and maintain the best I can. Um, so that's the first thing for me is to, to set expectations on, on the trip, on what I think is feasible, just knowing kind of how the layout of the of the time I'm away is going to be and, and have a plan going into accordingly where number one, I know I'm not going to be spending a ton of time working out. And number two, I know I'm not going to not work out at all, if that makes sense.
1: One thing that I, that also just a side note that when you plan a workout, even if it's five minutes, it changes the way that you eat. And that's one of the best things for me is that if I know I'm going to work out mid morning before we go to the beach or before we go out, if it's going to be, you know, eight o'clock, I'm going to do 15 minutes. It keeps me from eating five donuts with everybody else in the family or by having you know something that just would be excessive for me. It keeps me balanced in my eating so that, uh, again, you're really just talking about trying to minimize losses when it comes to, if you're talking specifically vacation. It's, I don't want to go an entire week where I don't exercise, I don't get my protein, and it's just as far away from what I normally do as possible. We're just trying to, I think, bring it a little bit closer back to normal. And so one of the things that I love about planning exercise is, like you said, giving yourself permission to almost just do whatever you want. Anything where your heart rate's up a little bit, you sweat a little bit, that to me also kind of spirals into, okay, I'm also not gonna wake up and just go straight to uh, the mimosas, or I'm not going to wake up and have three Bloody Marys before the day gets started. All right, I know I'm going to work out, so I'm going to eat a pretty decent breakfast. I'm going to make my shake real quick, have a little workout, and then I feel like I'm a lot more level-headed as far as how I treat the rest of the 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 rest of the travel around that exercise. So that's just one thing I think about too with exercise is it kind of can help just to buffer a little bit of the, the eating that really makes you not enjoy the rest of the the time that you're there. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so I think about I'll I'll go over two different separate instances that I would look at um how I'd work out in these instances. Number one would be like a week-long vacation. So uh uh most years my family uh we go to the beach for a week and I know going a week without working out, I am not going to feel super great um towards the end of the week and just to enjoy my experience better. I know that getting a workout in um, is going to be important to me. Um, and so what I have done and what we have done is to make sure we get a workout in, you know, as close to first thing in the morning as possible. Because, you know, the last thing you want to be doing on vacation is thinking about having having to get your workout in later on in the day. So the first thing I would do is typically, you know, if we're staying on the beach, we'll walk out to the beach and do an a at-home version of the of the coyote workout of the day you know we've taken dumbbells before um all you really need is like a dumbbell or kettlebell and you can do most most workouts with that and so starting the day off with the workout and really just quick warm up do the workout 10 15 minutes jump in the water cool off and then you know back inside eat breakfast and you're on with your day but you still feel good the rest of the day that's kind of how i would um look at that trip um if say we're staying at a hotel or something along those lines, and it has a hotel um, weight room, obviously you can do a little bit more in there. Um, but still, uh, my wife and I will go in there. You know, no more than ten or fifteen minutes at most. We're in the in the weight room. It's not something where I'm going in trying to spend an hour, still trying to make sure I'm getting my lifts in for my cycle that I'm on or whatever it is. Um, I'm going in realizing I'm on vacation, the priority of my, you know, is spending quality time with my wife or with my family and just taking some downtime. So I am just doing, you know, a little bit of workout really quick before breakfast, then going to eat breakfast and then moving on with the day. And you feel good the rest of the day, you got your blood flowing, you got to sweat in. Um, and like you said, it's also going to uh, keep you from just waking up and just going straight into uh, eating like crap or drinking or whatever. Uh, Because you know you have to work out So that's the first one would be like an extended vacation Definitely starting the first day off In the morning You can even do a workout in your hotel room If you're in the hotel room, can't get anywhere else Five minute really quick workout I mean you can get a great sweat going In five minutes of burpees and squats Or push ups or something You know, There's a lot of stuff you can do in the room to do that Another one would be like a weekend business trip or some type of trip where maybe you're leaving on Friday and coming back on Sunday, or maybe you're leaving on Thursday evening and coming back on Sunday. And so in those instances, i look at it, all right, what, what am I going to be doing on this trip? Is it going to be very active? Am I going to be doing a lot? Is it going to be full? If that's the case, I might just really try to hit it hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe even do a little extra Thursday before I leave and then just take the, the weekend off because I know... Um, that, um, it's going to be a busy trip. I got a lot of stuff going on, not really planning on working out. Um, I'll get, I'll get it back when I get, I still, if, if I, if I'm able to still get three or four workouts in, in the week, I'm not going to worry about trying to to make up for it when I'm traveling, especially if I got other priorities on the trip. If it's something where there's gonna be a lot of downtime, a lot of free time, and I want to get my workout in still, um, you know, I'll do that as well. But typically on, You know, weekend trips, something along those lines. I typically don't work out when I go. I just try to get a little bit more done, especially the last day before I leave, because I know I'm going to have an extended recovery time while I'm gone.
1: I have a question. So I think this is something I've I've talked with people about. Questions that they've asked. Um, In your mind, what is what is an amount of time that it takes to? Let's just say we go for a couple ranges. So let's just say you take a trip and you're gone. Friday through Sunday, you normally would work out on Friday and Saturday morning. But this, you know, for this case, you're not going to be able to work out. How long is too long to just give yourself a break where you don't really feel the effects of it for the entire next week? So, would you say that you know if you can, you could probably go three days and still feel pretty good when you come back, or if you start getting to the fourth day, then it starts to be like, oh man, I really can feel that loss. Um, so, I guess the first question is. How long is too long to say, you know what, I'm probably just not gonna be able to work out and versus what is the time frame where you'd say, all right, it's probably important to do that 10 minute quick burpees, push ups, squats. I look at it more in total workouts, uh, days worked out in
0: a week period. And so as long as I'm getting four workouts in in a week, I feel fine. You know, obviously if you have three days off the first day back, not expecting to PR or anything, you're not gonna feel incredible. And going the first day back is important to manage your expectations. Maybe go a little bit lighter, maybe lower the intensity down a little bit. But I know just after one day of working out, I'll, I'll feel back to normal in that case. So as long as I'm getting four workouts in, um, like I said, if I'm leaving on Friday and I work out Monday through Thursday, then I, I'm, I'm fine. I don't worry about it. I just pick right back work off on Monday and, and keep going. But say it's you're leaving on Wednesday morning, first, first thing Wednesday morning. Um, And you're only able to work out Monday, Tuesday. Well, in that case, I am going to try to get, you know, two workouts in while I'm gone, because I know I want to try to get at least four workouts in every single week for the rest of my life.
1: What is your suggestion for when you come back from those times where you haven't had anything substantially heavy, anything more than body weight for, let's just say, even a week? What are some things that you think about when you do come back? Because the first thing I think about is managing expectations. And this is, I think, a way to enjoy your holidays, enjoy your vacations, enjoy your time away, um, is not having this anxiety that you've just drastically lost all your hard work. You know, that's something I see people carry with them, and it, it affects the way that they you know, it, it affects their happiness in a way. It's like, oh, I've just lost this, and they get so down about it. We've seen people be able to come back from it after just, you know, another week of normal, and all of a sudden they're back to where they were. But what are some of the thoughts that you have for people returning from travel? Because travel and exercise, if you get it, great. But sometimes when people come back in the gym, they can feel a little bit intimidated by the fact of going straight back to the fire, especially if they do – tend to be that person that pushes the intensity a good bit in their workouts? Sweat track.
0: Uh, I sweat track every single time. It takes all the pressure off, and it, and it uh, makes it about just showing up and getting a workout in. So if, I, if I've had three or four days without working out in a row, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do the sweat track um, and just get moving, get the body feeling again, feeling good again, get back to the routine of working out, Um, get a little bit of sweat going, get a little bit of breathing going, but nothing crazy. And then typically the day after that, I feel fine. And so um, I just come back into it with zero expectations, not trying to light the world on fire in the workout. Um, If we are doing any kind of lifting, I stay really, really light. And uh, then I'll do the sweat track and then uh, get back to it the next day.
1: Awesome. All right, let's move on to some uh, some of the questions that we've had about being in a season of life I'm, I'm working with a nutrition client right now that for the summer is having to work at his his business or his company's offices and out of town so he's doing at home exclusively for five week five days out of the week he's here for the weekend and then back there for the week um, we've got of course read the question that sparked a lot of this discussion uh, you get moved to a different place that doesn't have a gym that either you trust that's consistent or you know that doesn't have a gym that offers uh this type of fitness. So when we get into the at home type of discussion, it becomes a little bit different than managing uh, something that's very unique. So when you think about helping people, guide them through maybe multiple weeks, months of being in a place where, let's just say there's very limited equipment, what comes to mind for you as a way to approach such a drastic change to your routine? Because I like the way that we started the travel discussion was start with expectations. The first thing I think about when I think about someone who's moving to a place where they're not going to be weightlifting, they're not going to be in a group setting, they're going to be by themselves with limited weight. I'm thinking, okay, we just need to manage the expectations that the reason why you loved this the community so much and gained so much was because you did have those things, and now when you take them away, it will be impossible to uphold the results standard that you have. But we still want to try to make the most of it. So let's just start with being by yourself. What's what's something that you think about when if you're going to go into a season where you've got to work out by yourself?
0: Uh, uh, the first thing is thinking about changing the focus um, from results to consistency and. Um, having a strict schedule of when you do your workouts, what days of the week you do it, and make sure you hit those consistently over an extended period of time Uh, because the hardest part of working out by yourself is doing it consistently and showing up every single day Uh, because it's very easy to, especially say you're working out in your garage, you have a home gym at your garage. It's it's really hard to every single day be like, man, I feel great, I'm going to get in there and work out by myself in the dark no, no AC. It's hot. Um, the neighbors are complaining about the weights dropping. The music. I can't play the music loud. All the, all those different things. And so the first thing is getting in a routine of consistently doing it. Um, at least four days a week would be the first start. And then number two, like you said, managing expectations. Most likely, you're not going to make near as much progress as uh, you would if you were working out uh, in in the class setting every single day because you know you come in, you're working out with other people. You're having fun. You're pushing each other. You're using the competition of it to uh, push each, push yourselves, um, and um, it's just hard to do that by yourself consistently. I've I've worked out by myself for an extended period of time, and it's just it gets old after a while, and it gets really hard to keep showing up and pushing yourself, and it's really easy to start you know taking days off. So I would change the focus from I'm going to really try to PR my back squat or whatever it is you're thinking about to I'm going to really make sure that I get my workout in every single day this week and every single day next week and continue to do that for an extended period of time. And I'm not going to beat myself up if I feel like uh, my lifts aren't quite as high as they were when I was able to, uh,
1: you know, go to the gym every day consistently. I think one thing I think about, uh, uh, one of the things that strikes me the most is that people that, that people struggle with the most is the idea that they're not sure what to do and that's i think one of the greatest benefits of being in a gym community where you can show up and and just do what's there most of the time you probably wouldn't have done you probably wouldn't have done as much if you were just it was on your own so i think finding a way to uh have some sort of plan in place for what you're going to be doing that helps you kind of blindly trust that you're not going to let those that doubt kind of creep in and say, oh, it's hot out here. Oh, I don't want to do this. But having something that you, a plan that you stick to is very, very important. And so what I would encourage you to do is to stick to, just commit before you decide to even exercise, I would commit to, like you said, a routine. I'm going to work out at this time of day and also what you're going to be doing and just say, hey, I trust this program and I'm going to do what it says, and at least have a plan so you don't walk in the gym and kinda walk around for five minutes. It's like, I to do a couple burpees, I'll warm up a little bit, i go for a little jog, what should I do? Uh, That can be really defeating, and it can be hard to do what you said, is stick to a routine. One of the hardest things about the reason why people can't stick to routines is because they're not sure what to do. When you don't have to answer the question of what to do, then you can focus on everything around setting yourself up just to get there. We talk; People say all the time, all, the hardest part is just getting to the gym. Once I walk in the door, that's easy because it's already there, I'm doing it. So if you can just set yourself up to have a, all I've got to do is put the workout clothes on, walk into the gym, I know what I'm going to be doing. And from there, it's just about, Reading and doing. Read what it is, do it. Yeah. And, you know, the beautiful thing about the Sugar Wad
0: uh, track or, you know, system that we have for Coyote is that you can still stay connected with people at all locations and all different class times because you're able to post your scores. And we have people that do Sugar Wad only memberships and work out in their garage. And they've been doing so for years. Um, and they, you know, have a connection to Coyote still, even though they're doing it by themselves and they can continue to do. Uh, get workouts in, not have to worry about what they're going to do. They just show up and walk out in their garage and do the workout. Then they can get online and feel like at least they're doing the same thing as their buddies are uh, back back at the gym. Um, and so they're not having to think about all that. If you're uh, if you are working out by yourself and trying to come up with what you're going to do every single day by yourself, that is 99% of people that are trying to do that are not going to be able to stick with that because it's just too hard. You're always having to come up with something else. And A lot of people, even people that go to like a Globo Gym um, will come and join Coyote because they say, I was just tired of trying to have to figure out what I was going to do every single day. And I don't want to have to think about it. And that, you know, like you said, we take all of the guesswork out of that and we put a, a, a program in place that is designed to help all different types of people continue to make progress and all they have to do is show up. And so that's what we want to do for the people that are working on at home is all, you, all we want you to focus on is showing up consistently and doing it um, and doing what you can with the equipment that you have. Uh, and if you can do that consistently, you will at least maintain, if not make progress, depending on where you're at and what you've done in the past and all that type of stuff. But there's a lot of people with not a ton of training experience that can make great physical progress working out by themselves um, if they do it consistently. Now, somebody who has been coming to the gym for 10 years and um, that type of thing, and then they're doing it on their own, they... they you know we might need them to lower their expectations a little bit and and try to go and maintain but somebody that doesn't have a ton of experience weightlifting and that type of stuff uh, they can make a lot of progress uh, on their own so um, finding a program that you can stick with that you don't have to worry about and the only you know the only thing you have to worry about is doing it consistently if, if you can get to that point where all you're worrying about is showing up consistently and doing it and executing I'm gonna make sure you're doing that for an extended period of time. Um, you will uh, find something that you're able to continue to make progress with or at least maintain what you've already got.
1: Your nutrition is also going to take the pressure off of your exercise. And it's, it's not a downplay on exercise at all, but when you can, when you can find accountability in what you're eating – and you can control your calories, so you know you're not putting on weight. You can eat enough protein, so you do know that when you do exercise, you're able to, uh, you're able to continue to hold on to muscle and build muscle, even without just crushing yourself under a lot of weightlifting or feeling bad because you don't have the right equipment or you don't have enough weight. Uh, you can make a lot of progress in just keeping the foundation, your nutrition. And then again, when you take that pressure off, all of a sudden you're not in the gym out of guilt because you're out of a routine, you're out of whack, you're eating different. You can focus on you know, controlling your body weight, controlling your body composition. And then exercise uh, is a lot more freeing and you feel it's a, it's a lot more fun to get in the gym because you're doing it out of an enjoyment of feeling healthy and feeling good instead of out of guilt and so i think that's one thing that you can really enjoy that experience of working out by yourself when you aren't trying to do so much just to counter a diet that you're just ultimately are never going to be able to you're never going to be able to keep up with so the nutrition takes a lot of that pressure off uh one note just what would you suggest as far as weight so someone finds themselves working out at home what are some ways that people can Work to build muscle and get a little bit of the feeling of weightlifting if at the moment they don't have a lot of access. So, what things would you prioritize getting if you could run to Academy and grab something? Or um, is there any other advice that you have on body weight that would make it feel a little bit closer to? Uh, a weightlifting session
0: yeah so we uh we always program an at-home version of the workout and I always put in there odd objects so people can literally grab any type of weighted object around the house now if you're going to be doing it for an extended period of time the first thing i would start with is getting um a dumbbell uh you know if you know typically what type of dumbbell you use just starting with one dumbbell it's not going to be super expensive and you can, you can add a lot of variety into what you're doing. It's going to help you do most of the workouts if you just have a dumbbell and or a kettlebell. I, I prefer the dumbbell. It's a little bit more versatile than the kettlebell, but a kettlebell works great too. Um, and then as you get, you know, if you're going to be doing this for an extended period of time, I would definitely recommend getting a barbell. Barbell is going to be, you know, more expensive. You're also going to have to get weights and you're also going to have to get some type of rack to take it off of and to put it back on um so that's a little bit more of a financial investment but starting point would be get one literally one dumbbell so if you're used to if you're a guy or let's say you're a guy or a girl um who is used to doing performance track at the gym go out and buy literally guys buy a 50 pound dumbbell girls buy a 35 pound dumbbell that'll you'll be able to maintain a lot of fitness if you're able to do that and try to hold on to as much muscle as you can and then if it's going to be a longer period of time say it's going to be you know, three, six, nine months where you're going to be working out in your garage, I would definitely recommend, um, getting a barbell, getting some weights, you know, uh, up to whatever you feel is a good amount of weight for you to, uh, that you can do with most, most different lifts and then, uh, getting some type of rack to, to like a squat rack to, to use. And you can find a lot of that stuff on Facebook marketplace, um, buy you stuff. If you're not going to have it for a long period of time, if you're going to be working out by yourself for, years then yeah go ahead invest in a little bit uh you know higher quality equipment you know build your garage gym all that type of stuff but i think a lot of times people um go into it and buy all this stuff for the garage gym and then six months later they're not ever using it and they end up selling it whereas um i look at it as more as let's see what's the minimum thing we can start with at home and um uh, go from there
1: i love the accessory The you know every day there's an accessory option if it's not built into the workout already, it gives you that option. If it's an Olympic lift, it allows you, you're going to get a lot of volume from the accessory work. Um, and then also, you know, not you can you when you, when you move, when you make movements single leg, you know, you're used to doing a push press or shoulder press with a barbell, you need a lot more weight. When it becomes a, a strict shoulder press with a dumbbell, you need a lot less weight. Or, you know, if you're used to doing squats, all of a sudden you can do lunges or you can do a single leg box. Um, Box squat. There's all kinds of ways where you can, like, all of a sudden, go to one leg at a time, or go to one arm at a time, or start to incorporate some of those uh, movements that all of a sudden don't demand quite as much work, but you still get that volume on on your leg. So there's there's a lot of versatility in a dumbbell, like you said. And I think one of the great things that one of the things that we are very proud of is that we're able to help answer those questions for you and think about you uh when we do our program and that it's not just hey you're here if you can't do it sorry it's like we want to try to go out of our way to make an option for every possibility that will happen throughout your year whether it's travel whether it's an extended time where you're having to work out from home Uh, we want to help we want to help that because we know that's a lot of you out there so uh, keep up the good work and keep um, keep asking questions if you have any uh, about ways you can continue to mix it up but Uh, there's a lot that you can get done and so don't have that don't fall into that fatalistic trap of it all. It has to be 100% perfect the same way or I can't make progress because there's a lot of ways for people to make progress out there and uh, there's a lot of people who are making great progress with a minimal amount of space and and equipment too One final thought I'll have before we we wrap it
0: up is um, I would encourage people to have the mindset of I'm going to work out four days a week for the rest of my life and if that is your number one priority, then it doesn't really matter if you're doing a you know four class workouts a week at the gym or if you're traveling, and you're doing four at home uh, workouts on the beach or if you're doing two workouts in the, a week in the gym and two in the hotel room. If you will adopt a mindset of, Part of my life is I work out four days a week, and that's just ha- that's just my life because it's so important to me, and I know it's going to make me healthier, help me feel better, help me perform better at work, help me perform better at home with my kids, help me live longer, um, all the positive benefits we know that come from it. Then all the other stuff is just... You know semantics. It doesn't matter near as much. If the only reason you're working out is so you can beat your buddy next to you, you're not going to be able to stick with that for forever because that's not going to happen. You're not always going to be able to beat your buddy next to you. You're not always going to be the fittest person in the gym. Nobody is, no matter how fit you are at one point. Um, and so if you can change your mindset to, I'm going to get four workouts a week in every week, no matter what. And that's just, that's just part of life. Just like eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner is part of life. I get four workouts a week. Uh, that's part of my life. And then, you know, you can, once you, once you make that, you know, concept in your head, uh, then you can, you figure out the logistics, all of it. And, you know, maybe there's a period of, of life where you're going to the gym every day. Maybe there's a period of life where you have a dumbbell at home and you're doing at home workouts. Maybe there's a period of life where you're literally working out on the beach or working out in the hotel room because your kids are on tribal baseball for two weeks or whatever. But if you can, uh, I'm um, four workouts a week. That's just who I am as a person. And I'm going to find a way to get it done. Uh, you'll do it even when you're on vacation at the all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean or whatever it is, you're still going to get your workout in because that's just part of life.
1: The weirdest, the, the first, maybe the second ever CrossFit style workout I ever did was with a propane tank kettlebell swing and we got the smooth part of the grip of the of the propane tank it was full and we were literally in africa there's a family that i was staying with that um that loved crossfit and they moved to uganda they were there and three days a week we did a crossfit style workout it was using anything and everything and it was one of the ways that i really found um why i figured out how impactful or how I figured out personally, how impactful exercise was mentally was having just 10 or 15 minutes and how I felt after 10 or 15 minutes using whatever it is. No, it was not the fittest that I ever will be, but it was so impactful for me personally for my mental health was just finding a way to sweat every day. I remember doing a wall walk, uh, a wall walk, a running and squat workout, um, you know, You can find a way to make it work if you set, like you just said, Hunter, if you set that priority, you can get creative and you'll find that you'll have to be really creative to do it. I've done push press with cornhole boards before because I had nothing else to do. Um, And some of those workouts are fun. Maybe it's not exactly the same, but you'll also really just, uh, you'll get into a place where you you make it work. And that also builds a lot of resilience. And I think over the long term can help to establish a new identity that you're a person who prioritizes your health, no matter what the, no matter what it takes. So get creative out there, share us, uh, share some pictures with us uh, on social media, tag us if you're doing a workout somewhere with something weird and uh, and we'll share it. But we just want it to be something that helps encourage everybody to know that you don't have to give up on fitness because it's not the perfect scenario. There's a way to make it work. So get after it and get it done.
0: And if you're listening to this podcast, you are a person that prioritizes your health and fitness yeah. because you're listening to yeah, a health and fitness right. podcast. So you are the person we're talking to. So uh, just make that decision in your mind. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the type of person that works out four days a week no matter what. So uh, encourage you all to do that. Tag us. Uh, you know, one of the coolest things about uh, back in 2020 and COVID was people were tagging us with all the different ideas they had for how they're working out at home and different things they were doing. And it was really fun to see, you know, people are getting their kids involved in that type of thing. And some of that stuff is really fun when you get to be a little bit more creative and, and do stuff like that. So tag us in your stories if you're traveling, on the go, doing workouts. Uh, we got a, a guy uh, in Flowood who will send me pictures of his workout gym on the boat that he that he's on and uh he has this tiny little space it looks like it's 120 degrees but he's still making progress and he'll he'll show me that so it's really cool to see that that type of stuff and uh people are doing um doing stuff like that
1: no we got a shout shout out this is brad brad is brad is a captain um he's on a tugboat for two weeks and then he's back in the gym for one week and he's out on the boat for two weeks the engine room where he has space to work out he sends me pictures of the thermometer in there and it is 99 100 degrees 101 degrees he sent me his in body scan the other day um i'm gonna pull it up here it was it was unbelievable and yes that is back in the gym for for one week out of out of three uh but he has added let's see a lot of muscle. four pounds of muscle yeah uh four pounds of muscle in the last few months and it's just dedication to it. And it's, hey, accountability of sending a picture like, hey, I'm the person that works out. This is the picture of the gym. Uh, you think you're in there suffering in your air conditioned gym, but uh, this, is where the, <laughs> this is where the real work is. And uh, that's just been an identity yeah. shift for him. And so, uh, anyway, shout out to Brad and everyone else, like Hunter said. Shout everyone out else. to all of you just for listening to this podcast. You're, you're trying to improve your
0: health and fitness. So we appreciate you and shout you out. So uh, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. So I, uh, I wanted to go a little bit different, different direction today because I saw a post uh, on Facebook yesterday, and it was like a sponsor post or whatever. But it was uh, they were talking about the NHL Combine. I don't know why this showed up on my feed, but and it said, so-and-so, whoever this guy, sets the new Combine record with 14 pull-ups. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, hold up. The, the best strict pull-up a guy did going into the NHL is 14 pull ups. And I started to remember, you know, we've done strict pull up tests a lot back uh, at Coyote. And I swear, I think there's at least 50 Coyote people that did over 15 strict pull ups. At least 50. My wife did. Yeah. I mean, it was, it might have been closer to 100. And <laughs> so I was like, that just kind of shows you that uh, we, you know, we all live in this little bubble of all these super fit people walking around who um, we don't realize that, you know, If you are a Coyote member and you've been coming for an extended period of time, you're fitter than like 99.99999% of the population of the world. And then a lot of uh, the members at Coyote that have regular jobs and are parents and have kids and grandkids and um, are teachers and uh, own businesses – they can do more strict pull-ups than the best guy at the NHL combine that's about to be a professional athlete uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting and a little eye opening as well
1: that's uh, that's like that's shocking yeah. actually
0: yeah i was I was a little blown away by it honestly
1: man i yeah i I don't know i think I think you're right i think the analogy that we think about is we you know if you go to Walmart and you just set a barbell up in the parking lot um can someone pick it up and put it over their head 30 times how long is it going to take and we get really you know we get again we get kind of down on ourselves for oh it only took me four minutes to do grace or oh it took me you know five minutes to do grace and you know i wanted it to be faster and then you start thinking about that it's like it is it is just phenomenal what you're capable of doing at every stage i mean at, at every stage and so uh yeah, that's it's pretty eye opening, and I think it's encouraging to think about that too. Um, one thing that we did outside the box that I want to give a this is this is something I've seen a couple, and I've heard maybe three stories of this in the past month, and we did it. But uh, everyone loves hibachi, you know. It's the South. Everyone loves Japanese food, fried rice, the pink sauce, the whole deal. Uh, we got invited to a party this weekend with some with some folks from the gym and they had a Hibachi chef come to the house and do it and it was cheaper than if you go to Hibachi and have dinner and get dressed up, drive there, wait on your table, sit there, pay the bill, go home, whatever. They have this where if you have a group that's big enough, you can you can get uh, get a phone number and they'll have a couple uh, that'll come and set up everything for you. they'll do it all. It's very affordable. Uh, my parents rolled up to the beach. A couple weeks ago and they told us that the next door neighbors were doing this at the beach and it saved them probably four maybe maybe a total of four hours of getting all the family showered and cleaned up heading to the restaurant waiting an hour for a table sitting there driving home and they were talking about how dinner oftentimes when you're at the beach or wherever can be such a such a long period of time sarah and i really just don't enjoy going out to eat because we see how much time is just wasted on the in-betweens and so food just isn't it's just like man do i really want to go out it's going to take three hours just for one meal this was like the ultimate trump for hibachi. Uh, so that, that's my hibachi hack. I've done this now twice for different, with different groups, and I think it's starting to spread this little hidden gem. So if you're in the mood to spend a little bit of money, but go out, have a nice dinner, you love Japanese, uh, get, your, get your hibachi at home. It's a that's real cool. thing.
0: That's cool. I like that idea. That sounds fun. Um, so uh, let's wrap it up with some recommends. And uh, I got something to recommend. And I know you can't watch this because you can't sell your Netflix, but Arnold documentary on Netflix was awesome. Uh, So I read Arnold's autobiography, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, probably maybe four or five years ago, and I thought it was really, really good. It was when, when I... First started, you know, really getting into biographies was one of the first ones I read, and I really enjoyed it. And the biogra- you know, the the documentary was, you know, very similar. Obviously, the same life and all that type of stuff. But it was just cool to see he's interviewed the whole time. He's telling his life story. They're interviewing lots of other uh, people that were along the journey. And he's just, gosh, he's a fascinating person. He has been successful and reached the pinnacle in three different fields. He won I can't remember how many Mister Olympias, and then he was the highest grossing actor of the eighties. And then he was governor, <laughs> governor of California, a Republican governor in a democratic state. And so uh, all that to say, he's just a fascinating, fascinating guy. And he has so much wisdom to impart. And I really enjoyed uh, the documentary. He's really entertaining as well. And he's really funny. And uh, it was a very well done documentary. And so uh, I would highly recommend it. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. So the Arnold documentary on Netflix, well worth uh,
1: the uh, the three hours or so that it was uh watching it. Sweet. Well, I'm gonna throw you for a loop and recommend a book. So nice. Uh, how the how the turntables. <laughs> um, I, I read a book the last couple of weeks. It was not a not a super long book, but it was. Uh, it's called the 29th Day, and it's about this uh 17 year old. This guy's writing this in hindsight. This was years ago, but he. Uh, he when he was 17 him and a group of five friends got a guide they loved wilderness and canoeing and they went on a 600 mile canoeing trip through canada and through kind of the extreme northern parts of canada Um, and he gets attacked by a grizzly bear on the 29th day and it's about his journey to canoeing down and getting to a point where they could get picked up to save his life and just the whole the whole story just you can kind of for me I love the book because I felt like I was there uh and so he just talks about camping and getting there and some of the adventure things but then he very detailed like he gives a detailed um e- experience of what it's like to come face to face with a grizzly bear and the grizzly bear charging in him back and forth and them almost like battling and the ultimately you know I'm not going to spoil it for you but uh he ends up, I living. guess he didn't die. So he did write the book. So I will, uh, I will leave you with that spoiler, so spoiler alert. He's alive to write the book. Uh, but it was fascinating. It kind of like it was a, it was a really cool journey. And I think the way that he described it was pretty simple. It was a, not a long book. Uh, and so anyway, 29th day surviving an attack with a grizzly bear,
0: man, that's cool. That sounds interesting. I'll have to read that. That's what I love so much about books is it just gives you access to so many different people's experiences in life. And, you know, he experienced something that hopefully none of us will ever have to experience. But we can read what he went through and kind of uh, understand what it was like to be attacked by a grizzly
1: bear. I mean, it's just the the mentality of like what it's like. He Immediately, there's a gratitude for life. You know, it's like, I I should not be alive right now. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And so I think when you have that kind of saving moment, it is it really changes, it changes your life forever. So when you can take and apply those lessons, you don't have to get attacked by a grizzly bear to really appreciate the, the things in life that, that we take for granted.
0: So. That's great, that's great. All right, well, that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will catch you next time.